Alright, I'm here in my room. I've got my computer on in front of me with my microphone set up. I've got my notepad open and there's uh, notes about my podcast, It's Time to Rewind. It looks like they're open to the 32nd scene of Memento that starts in black and white. It starts at 69 minutes and 18 seconds with Leonard peeling at a bandage on his arm and ends at 69 minutes and 52 seconds with Leonard looking around his motel room wondering who he was just talking to. Who is this? Bubba, it's me, Lisa Leahy, your co-host. I'm from Rabbit Hole Podcasts. You remember me. Oh, of course, but I I, I prefer to be called Bubba Wheat. And, And who is this? So I'm not a doctor. I'm a claims investigator. And it's Mark Hoffmeyer. I decided to, our last episode, I decided to get into claims because just Leonard's life seemed so thrilling. So now I'm Mark Hoffmeyer, claims investigator. Yeah, just just don't ever tell him that he sells insurance. <laughs> Wait. Never mind. That's a whole tangent. I was going to jump in the fight club. And what he's I like that he stopped himself even before. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not doing it. You know, like sometimes I feel like my head's a, like just a wheel like with like a waterfall going onto it. But for some reason, I was able to grab onto that wheel and stop it. Yeah, wheel of morality. Turn, turn, turn. Tell us the <laughs> lesson that we should learn. <laughs> I'm proud of myself, y'all. That was, um, <laughs> when I leave these episodes now, I, I know I prevented a tangent upon the world. So this is that's a, this is a first. You've heard it here. Uh, Jay Cluett, if you're listening, you're probably angry right now. You're like, why don't you do that on other shows? So it makes editing easier. But yeah, I did it, Lisa. I'm so proud. <laughs> and, then, and then meanwhile, so, you know, we can go ahead and jump right into the scene. We we have Leonard picking at this bandage, and he immediately does some deflecting, where he basically places the, the blame on Sammy's wife, rather than taking responsibility for himself. <sighs> Leonard. Oh, Leonard. <laughs> Oh, dude, you can't trust those bandages. Mm-hmm. I wish yeah. I would have gotten that font on my tattoos, by the way, y'all, on the number right? of the phone. That's a good font. That's yeah, pretty good. It's got this nice, um, yeah, it, I, I feel like it, there's a couple different things. It, it, for one thing, it does have this, like, perspective. So it's, um, on the commentary, uh, Nolan says that it's meant to see clearly um it's meant to look correct whenever he's like reaching for the phone Mm -hmm. which is i mean such that's really interesting right like the the amount of thought that went into that you know like that nolan is thinking about not just having it on the arm where he would reach or that he would see but sort of like the perspective of the the writing itself so that when he would stretch his arm the perspective of how he would see i mean good god who thinks about this (laughs) Like, that's amazing to me. Yeah, and, and it also, I, I feel like it kind of has this horror movie vibe because it it oh, does yeah. have this, like, kind of twisted perspective. And, and then we have, you know, the, the music giving us, uh, adding the tension to it. And, you know, just the fact that it says never answer the phone, that, that feels like a horror movie quote. Oh, it's immediate the punch to the stomach because yeah. he's on the damn phone and you immediately go, oh, God. Like, everybody knows the pit that formed in his stomach in that very moment, that adrenaline spike that happened in that very moment. Yeah, and, and so much, and, and it's really done so well because 
it makes him stop mid-sentence. Like, he he's talking, like, just casually talking, and as soon as he reads that, he immediately stops talking. Like, just, it's just like, just like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, tattoo is effective. I should have a tattoo that says stop scrolling through your phone. Like, social media <laughs> isn't important. As I'm scrolling, I see it, and I'm like, dang it! But yep. there's a new reel. It's got to be like, <laughs> You gotta think about, cause you know how you have that little notch on your, on your pinky finger that the phone sits. I feel like it's gotta be in like that, that meaty part of your thumb where you're like reaching so that as you go to turn your thumb to go up, you, it would stretch out and you'd see it in that little curve of your thumb. Stop scrolling on your phone. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's, you can have a little stick figure on your thumb. So like as you're scrolling, it's, it's got, you know, you, you figure out a way. So it's got like a, a, a you know, a stick figure that's waving its arms stop. <laughs> or it's got that really disappointed face. Like <laughs> you're when you doing move, it again. Wait, so when you move your f- thumb, the little figure just is like, stop because of the way you're moving it. <laughs> it waves yeah. its arms. Oh, yeah, that'd exactly. be amazing. Focus, focus. Oh my god, yes. Yeah. Mark, you don't need to run an eighth pole today. Just stop. <laughs> Just stop. But no, I love what you said about the score. And Lisa, you, you said you have this soundtrack on CD. Mm-hmm. Do you ever play this for their students when they're taking tests and then open up the blinds and bomb light through them? And then, and then a phone rings in it. And like, that's, that's how you make them take tests. You just stress them out. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's, that's funny because I do play movie scores when they need thinking music. Um, but occasionally, like, you know, the Avengers will come on or uh, like Dark Knight or something will come on. And I'm like, they're like, no, this is too stressful. Change it. <laughs> they, they like Ratatouille and Up, actually. Those are the ones that they get most excited about. They're like, this is good thinking music. I'm like, all right. Yeah, that, that's, <laughs> that's one thing that I love. And, and I know Lisa plays this, but. Uh, we just recently downloaded Disney Dreamlight Valley. Yes. The, the, the thing I love about that is how the music changes based on what characters you're around. Yeah, well, who, you, who, who you're hanging out with. <laughs> mm. I feel like Philip Glass scores, like Candyman. And oh. I have I have the Tales from the Loop vinyl. It's an Amazon show that he did the score for. And it's very melancholy and chill. It's a beautiful score. Ooh. So I, that's my thinking one. Like, I can't put on, like, a Carpenter score. I get too stressed out. Like, oh, I yeah, legit get stressed out. I can't put on the Crawl soundtrack, which I own on vinyl. It's beautiful. As you do. Yeah, not cassette? Crawl, not that one? Crawl? <laughs> yeah, I bought the cassette, and when I listen <laughs> to the cassette, the cassette's wonderful. But yeah, I, I Tales from the Loop, Philip Glass. He All should right, have done, check that out. He should have done this score. He should have. Would a piano score have been good during this bubble week? Would you think piano would have been solid for the memento? I, I don't know. I, I like the, the, the more, like, techno. I, I have a hard time thinking about something something else like this doesn't feel like a piano movie it it feels like it it needs to be something more ethereal like a piano is too present it's too too much of a physical presence where this like the this uh, synthesizer techno Mm -hmm. um style is a lot more ethereal and it it ties into the the memory a lot more. I that's think. A, yeah, that's a perfect word. I wish the three of us just had wood chimes or like wind chimes, <laughs> and we were just in the back whacking them <laughs> while the Nolans filmed, but like recorded it, and that's the score. Just yes. just chimes playing. Yes. Chimes are kind of ethereal. Yeah. They are. You have to get the you have to get the right swipe, I think, because yeah. otherwise you end up with like those backyard chimes, and those aren't good. 
And we could only fuel them with fans. Or, or and you get the 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 wind chimes and and Zamfir on his pan flute. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, that I could retire on that. Like someone's talking about it. You know that like those wood chimes on the, the memento score. They're really haunting. I'm like I was, <laughs> I was wood chimer number two. That was me. Yes. And then yeah. and then you also have like you know it, it's not it's it's very low in the background, but like the uh, the the chanting monks. <laughs> like some, who can say yes oh, wait only time <gasps> i'm surprised no- Enya in there yep i'm surprised nolan hasn't done a movie about enya's song only uh, time because he's obsessed with time oh my gosh who can maybe was- it's still coming oh, yeah, oh, you, you've spoiled his newest yeah. film Oh, I, uh, I'll imagine that scene when Laura Flynn Boyle's into his beer. Laura Flynn Boyle comes in. That's a return to innocence. Oh my god! And at the end, when he returns, like he because he, he's far away from innocence, but he's like, I'm gonna make this decision to keep going, and then that song comes on. Yes. He, As he's oh. walking away, yeah. Oh, very much. Yep. Oh man, Chevy Perfect. Chase is there. <laughs> and here, I, I thought you said you were you weren't good at the hypotheticals. Well, you know what? When wood chimes get involved, <laughs> just the creative juices flow. Yeah, I would love it. Jeez, you know what tattoo I want? I'm sorry, but I want the jaguar shark from Life Aquatic, and um, that's going to be my next. Oh, <laughs> nice! I like that. That's yeah, it. and you know, and you know, speaking of tattoos, I've you know now I think I'll mention the the ones that I have because I I have three and they're all on my back, um, like right. Like right at the top of my spine, I have a a, a coin slot, like the insert twenty five cents here. Oh, nice. that's cool! I like that. Yeah, and and I have a a token with the classic Pac Man on it. Oh, I love that too. These are cool. Yeah, because you know that's. I, I mean, I've I've been working I've I've been working in arcades basically my entire adult life, so I I figured that's that's to honor that and. Um, then on my, on one of my shoulder blades, I, I, I can't figure out left from my right, especially on my back. Cause it's, I don't know if it's uh, backwards, but yeah, you're not, you're not looking at it all that often. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I have, uh, one of the aliens from the Simpsons, the, oh. the, the, <laughs> you know, uh, Kodos. I, I like to think that it's Kodos, um, rather than Kang. And he's holding like a classic joystick, like one of the little bubble, um, the little red bubblegum uh, top joysticks. That's Aww. amazing. Uh, and then on the other shoulder, I have Harley Quinn also holding the same type of joystick. Are they and like facing each other like they're battling? Kinda. Um, I love that. Yeah. And, um, and the Harley Quinn, the, her head is more like the, um, the new animated Harley Quinn. HBO okay. Max series. Yep. Uh, and then her outfit is like the, the classic Batman the Animated Series uh, red and black outfit. That's all. Speaking of piano, I, uh, I actually dropped out of piano lessons to watch the classic Batman animated show. Because <laughs> I loved it so much. Dropped it out of. You couldn't have just watched it like after the piano lesson? No, there's no DVR back then. Oh, that's did, uh, did Remember, Bill Murray old. pay a thousand dollars to your piano che- teacher to, <laughs> to kick you out? <laughs> I, they, they would have taken fifty bucks, uh, probably, <laughs> to kick me out of there. No, that's cool. 
Well, speaking of, like, when I was 18, I walked into a tattoo place and I just went, give me that. And the guy's like, that? I'm like, yeah, give me a bulldog. Why not? So I got <laughs> it on my, my back. Uh, but now I live in Georgia and it's the Georgia Bulldogs. Yeah. And it's like, I don't want people thinking I got it because of that. I was from mm-hmm. Florida. I just wanted a bulldog because I don't know why. So yeah, now, now I worry about people seeing it and be like, you a dogs fan? I'm like, no. I'm a oh, Florida State Seminoles fan. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that's why, you know, I, I spent, um, I'd say I, it took me about five years of thinking and planning in the background before I got that first tattoo. Mm-hmm. Not me. My second one was I got a day late a buck short on my left bicep. And I was like, you know what? It feels right. I love Blink-182. So I went and got that. <laughs> the impulsive. And my issue is that, you know, I, I want something that that means something to me. And, uh, you know, I want it to look good, too. And the problem is I I usually I like I like to, you know, I clearly I go for like the pop culture references. But a lot of the stuff that I'm attracted to pop culture wise is something that I can't boil down to like a single image. Like I love Alice in Wonderland. I would love to get an Alice in Wonderland themed tattoo, but I can't pick out one one single thing. From Alice in Wonderland. The that... tattoo that I always said I would get is an Alice through the Looking Glass reference. And it's this hideous looking walrus with a, a little speech bubble coming out of his mouth. And it says the time has come. And it's so hipster. Because <laughs> if you don't know what it is, there's no chance you'd ever figure it out. Because it's not like the Disney walrus, like upright with his little top hat and coat and stuff. It's just an actual walrus. And it says the time has come. And... I only have one tattoo, and when I finally got it, everyone went, well, where the hell's the walrus? <laughs> because I didn't get what I said I was always going to get. <laughs> um, I got on the inside of my left arm um, the words allergic to reality compelled by fiction. Wait, so the inside of your left, we both have six-word tattoos on the inside of our so. left arms? We do. Mine's not on the bicep, though. It's 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 between the elbow and my, my wrist. Got it. Nice. So, yeah, but one but... of these days, I'm going to get that walrus bubble weed. So you and I are going to go get matching uh, Alice in Wonderland tattoos. <laughs> Can it be the walrus yeah, but... from Tusk? No. <laughs> My mother already hates this walrus idea. She's like, don't you dare. That's ugly. And I'm like, well, it's not your tattoo. <laughs> Yeah, my no, but, issue is that I love Alice in Wonderland as a concept, but I, I could never pick out one specific thing because there's mm. not like any one character or one scene that draws me to Alice in Wonderland. It's the entire concept as a whole, which you can't really boil that down to a single tattoo unless I was going to get like an Alice in Wonderland sleeve, which I'm and not there that it committed. Is. <laughs> yes. Well, you saw Red Dragon just get, get, get kind of get like the whole know, thing, get the whole thing and you could ha- you could eat paintings and you could um, have a giant Alice in Wonderland tattoo on your back. I actually have a former student who has a series of Alice in Wonderland tattoos. Like they go up her her ribs, across her back, on her arm. Like she, and it's all like the classic illustrations. Absolutely gorgeous series of tattoos. One interesting coincidence was whenever I get, went to get my first tattoo. There was a, a woman there and she was getting, uh, she had like a Pixar sleeve and she was getting, adding to that. And then a year later, I went to get my second tattoo and she was there again, the, the yeah, exact yeah. same person. Yes. <laughs> Seriously, oh. adding, um, another tattoo to her sleeve. And, and I thought that cool. was crazy. That better is have, fascinating. Better have Wally. 
<laughs> so, so Bubba, wait, you said you worked. I, I, since there's not much dialogue in this scene, I know it's still important. We talked about that too, but you said you worked in video games for your entire life, like, or for, for many years. Like, what would a memento video game look like? Um, that's tough to say. I, I feel like it would be like a puzzle platformer or, or like, um, no, it, it would be like one of those Sierra graphic adventure games. Oh. Where you like are going around and collecting clues and information and to order in order to unlock puzzles, but it, it would be chronologically backwards. And you would have a timer for every level, like a reset and you have to go or you'd be probably pushed back something again? like that. Yeah. Mm, that's an idea. And you'd be like, you'd be finding clues in order to help you. Like you would find in, like in the beginning of the game, you would be finding a lot of information that would help you solve clues that would be later in the game, but you couldn't f- collect items because the items won't stay with you because you're going backwards in time. Whoa. I'd go broke. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this, um, again, bringing it back to the scene, uh, there's not a whole lot of dialogue because there is like literally a full 11 seconds after he says, who is this? And then the person, you know, we, we're pretty sure is Teddy immediately hangs up the phone and then he has a full 11 seconds of just looking around the room and just realize like sitting with this like what just happened like who was I talking to yeah what just happened to me yeah that that and because he's reset he has no idea not I don't even think he's wondering about like who was he talking to I think once he like once he hangs up the phone he doesn't know what he was even doing he just knows he's afraid, and that's why he's, like, looking around, trying to figure out what made me afraid. At 29 seconds in, I really like his profile shot there. Like, uh, Pierce shoots well in profile. He's got mm-hmm. those, like, sunken cheeks. Like, the dude has, like, some sharp old cheekbones going on, like, really yeah, kind of gaunt-looking. But, yeah, it's, it's, I, I kind of dig that shot right there where he's just straight up in profile. Like, Nolan definitely makes the best of that right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there is good cinematography in this scene because as he's talking, the camera slowly like keeps pushing in on his face. We get like about three different times where it keeps getting closer and closer. And then like after he hangs up and then he's looking around and then we get this this wide like almost security camera esque shot for the last like five seconds of just showing him being small and alone in this room mm-hmm. oh yeah that you're right it's looking down on him too taking away the power from him mm-hmm. uh, do you think this is why nolan doesn't carry a phone he doesn't like having a phone and why he doesn't allow cell phones on sets because never answer the phone <laughs> probably <laughs> remember the big brouhaha about working on his films where you don't sit down and you don't have a cell phone you can't even sit down screw that you know but like I don't like he wants absolute focus on his film. So I worked on film sets for many years and like people will be doing lockups. They'll be staring at their phone and someone walks by like he wants people to focus on this. He wants wow. people to bring their a game. So I could totally understand a phone free set and also standing. You know, when I first got started, they're like, you don't sit on sets. Now, obviously, there's a time, but everyone who sat on film sets that weren't like Teamsters, you kind of look at them like, what's that guy doing? Like what's Ooh. they doing? Yeah, so there's like a that's non- fair, yeah. yeah. There's like a non-sit thing. So whenever people are kind of going at Nolan for his rules, I understood all of them. Like I really did. Like I kind of felt that he was. I kind of felt bad for him that he was getting crap. But like, I mean, you can't really prevent phones, but 
they really do take away from huge scenes if you're trying to shoot them. Mm. So, yeah, never answer the phone while working on a Nolan picture. All right. Hmm. Well, I feel like most people nowadays aren't answering the phone regardless. <laughs> Nobody wants me. the phone to He'll ring. just text me. Yeah. <laughs> it's like they they look at the phone, look at the, the number, wait for it to go to voicemail, and then text them, who is this? Exactly. I leave my voicemail box full so that people don't even leave me messages anymore. <laughs> oh. I'm like, text me, yo. <laughs> and uh, one thing that we haven't really talked about, I, I don't think, is that, you know, you, Lisa, you just mentioned that you kind of feel like his memory reset in this moment. Yep. And... I think it's interesting that these black and white scenes are constructed very differently than the color scenes, because in each color scene, it basically puts us into Leonard's head, and each scene more or less corresponds to a segment of Leonard's memory. Like, it it starts at the beginning of him forgetting everything and basically learning what's going around him, and then it ends with the end of that memory chunk. And then mm-hmm. the next scene starts that cycle over again. But with these black and white scenes, it's, there's a little bit more overlap. Like we see him, we see a couple moments of forgetting here and there. But for the most part, it, it feels like a more, a constant conversation where we're seeing bits of the conversation. And it's very likely that his memory overlaps in between the, the black and white scenes, even though there are moments where you know, re- you realize that he has forgotten, but maybe he there were like three scenes in a row, which was one consistent like memory section. Yeah. Oh, it's almost like no one knows what he's doing. It's it's almost as if. <laughs> I didn't even think about that because he keeps telling the same story through here. Hmm. Hmm. I love that. I that's love a, that. I love talking about this movie. That's so the much. joy of watching it <laughs> frame by frame. You really do pick up on like because you're really. Like you, to have enough info, you're really watching it. So I think you can pick up on so many cool things. And I guess that's really rich for Nolan films as well, where there's just so many little things to observe. And every time you watch it, there's like more. It's just, it's crazy. You keep watching these things and you just keep catching up on more of these like little breadcrumbs. And it's just, it's crazy. I hope you find one where it's like he just randomly has fog hat tattooed on him. Like you don't even know why. <laughs> Free bird. Yep. <laughs> I love it. Play Freebird. <laughs> well, I I think I, once again, I, I think this about wraps up the scene, but I, I did, you know, I, I teased it in an earlier week, but I am curious to know what your thoughts are on that Teddy teases and we get glimpses of that uh, Leonard and Sammy Jenkins, their story are at the very least they're intertwined. And mm-hmm. some some of Sammy Jenkins' story is Leonard's story. Like, how much do you think that overlap is? Do you think it's so much that they're the same person, or do you just think there's a lot of overlap, or there's a little overlap? Like, where do you fall on that? I've never even thought about it. I think there's an overlap, because he's drawing from someone he knew. Because this is a memory he already has. Mm-hmm. So then why would he, and he wouldn't be lying about it. So this is already a memory he has. So I don't think it's him. Wait, I but do you think, like, how much of that story, like, do you think Leonard spent any time in a mental institution and or do you think that Leonard's wife 
had diabetes? I, I think those are kind of the two big questions, and, and those are the, the two moments that are, you know, that, that's the moment that's brought up by Teddy, that it's uh, Leonard's wife that had diabetes, and there's also that, uh, you know, couple frames in the mental institution where we see Guy Pierce. And he also, like, pinches her leg, remember, and she says, ow. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I see. Jeez Louise. I guess I always thought they just killed her. Like, he actually, he's the one who killed his wife. And he's remembering it wrong. Mm-hmm. That's what I think. Because he got the head injury, and then he did that to her. But he's also remembering some of Sammy Jenkins as well. So he's sort of, I think he's, I think he's confused. You're right, he's confused both of them. Because I do think he killed his wife. Not, he didn't kill her. I think so. Yeah. And and then but he also remembers Sammy Sammy Jenkins story. So I think he's confusing everything. That's what just what I think. Yeah, I, I, I I'm right there with you. I, I think okay. that there's definitely some overlap. I do think that Leonard's wife had uh, diabetes and, and that's kind of where the the confusion starts. And uh, like I, I do kind of agree with what a previous guest or uh, actually a future guest has said um, or will say that um, that it is a bit of a, a stretch that, you know, two different people would be disconnected, like that Sammy Jenkins exists and then Leonard would have this injury that caused the exact same condition and they both had wives that had um, diabetes so I, I I think that maybe Sammy's wife did not have diabetes, but there was enough there, and then he kind of transferred his memories into Sammy's story. Huh. Yeah, I would say so. I think that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wish I had more for you, but I totally agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> Good theory, Bubba Wheat. Yeah. But I, I, I think... Um, you know, I, I think we've gone on enough tangents and, you know, we've, I, I think we have covered this, this scene well enough. This, this is a shorter scene and there is a, you know, like I mentioned, 11 seconds of silence in the last half of it. But, you know, this has, this has been a pleasure and thank you, Mark, for joining us. It, it's, it's been a lot of fun getting the chance to talk to you. We finally met. This is lovely. And it's always great to chat with Lisa. So. Uh, it's happy to happy to be on happy to talk about the movie i feel like i talked about the movie 38 percent of the time which is <laughs> that's, that's yeah, about right that sounds which, accurate which is a record for me so be ha- like normally it's about <laughs> is that 30, a high record or a low record <laughs> normally it's about 33 percent yeah so i i would I, I feel like this is a good one so so yeah i, I stayed focused on con air it's about three percent so <laughs> poor jay <laughs> <laughs> trying to wrangle you i mean listen he's scheduled 40 episodes of con jake has enough issues going on his his own tangents i mean he still yeah. holds the record for the longest episode of this show it's <laughs> i think just over an hour and a half for oh, the, the big scene of uh groundhog day amazing <laughs> amazing yeah jay jay's listen he scheduled 40 episodes of con air with me he knew what he's getting into this is fair <laughs> by now if he doesn't know what he's dealing with then he hasn't been paying attention that's right and i offer to edit all the time but i think he's a control freak too so he's like <laughs> I, I got it yeah so yeah that's that tracks <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> but uh, yeah, thanks thanks again for joining us. And here's here's your last opportunity. Anything else that you want to talk about? Where people can find you online? It is movie something flick, movie something flix the podcast. You can listen to the Green Knight episode I recorded with Lisa. That's a lot of fun. Uh, listen to Conair the podcast, Deep Blue Sea the podcast. I'm on some other podcasts, but I forget which one. Oh no, wait, I just did one. It's gone. It's gone. Yeah, just, I'm, I'm around. Look for my stuff. I just wrote a cool video. Go to Style Theory and check out a thing about big hats. I'm really happy about the psychology of war. Like I wrote about the psychology of sports fans and how they wear big outfits. I so love I put it. Put a lot of work into that. I also have an insane theory about Despicable Me that might be going up on film theory sometime soon. I'm like the Despicable Me scholar. I've written four videos for them about Despicable Me franchise, so I know everything about it. So go type in Mark Hoffman, Despicable Me film theory, and you'll watch some cool stuff. All right. Sounds good. And as always, thank you, Lisa, for joining me and uh, talking about all these black and white scenes this season. I'll tell you, we we were worried coming into it, worrying about how we're going to make these black and white scenes like just as interesting as the color scenes. I think we're doing a pretty good job. Yeah, I think so, too. There There is a lot more to these black and white scenes than you might think, especially because the, the color scenes are literally more flashy. Sure. <laughs> hey, we did it. We did it. We did it well. CD, CD hotel room. I love talking about <laughs> hotel room stuff. <laughs> Yeah, and as always, I am Bubba Wheat, and you can find me on Twitter where I'm at Bubba Wheat, and you can find this show, It's Time to Rewind, on all the podcatchers out there, and we also have a Facebook group, It's Time to Rewind, a time loop group. You can join that and discuss episodes as they come out, as we'll also have discussions about uh, time loop movies, TV episodes, novels, short stories. It's all welcome. And until next time, I assume I've already told you about Memento. Oh, only every time I see you. Legal responsibility, large finance. Who is this? <laughs>